Hi, and welcome to Screens in Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Brittany. I'm Diana. And this is episode 27, the year I'm turning this year. (laughs) Today today we'll be reviewing season five, episodes three and four of The Walking Dead with the lens of bravery. Okay, so before we dive in, how are you doing today, Brittany? I'm doing well. I will be doing better when I have like three nights of really, really, really good sleep. Oh, three nights. <laughs> yeah. Not, Not just one, one or two. <laughs> I need three. It has to be three. <laughs> How about you, Diana? I have uh, great news and not so great news. Okay, so, give it to me. Okay, so my great news is that I met with my kindergarten buddies, and it was just so awesome to reunite with them. And uh, we do this once a year, and it's just really fun to see them. So we had a really great time last night. And then the not so good thing is I fell a couple hours ago, Aww. and my tailbone is killing me, and my back is killing me, and um, but I'm doing okay right now i'm sorry i feel (laughs) so bad (laughs) thank you (laughs) and now for our recaps season five episode three four walls and a roof bob reveals to gareth that he's been bit so they've been eating spoiled meat (laughs) so gareth drops him back off at the church they all question father gabriel at first but he just admits that he never opened his doors to these families that needed his help and honestly pretty understandable and not the worst thing someone's done in this damn apocalypse they lure gareth's group to the church and kill them bob dies and abraham encourages rick and company to follow them to dc because the new world will need rick grams Season 5, Episode 4, Slab Town. This whole episode is dedicated to learning about where Beth has been. She awakens in a room at Grady Memorial Hospital where we meet Officer Dawn Lerner, a regimented fanatic, and her crew. Dawn quickly lets Beth know that she owes them for saving her life. Beth is put to work under Dr. Edwards and meets and befriends Noah, who explains they are never out of debt and can never leave. Beth and Noah plan an escape, but only Noah makes it out. Beth confronts Dawn and Dr. Edwards and decides to kill Dr. Edwards, but is interrupted when she sees Carol wheeled in on a gurney. Okay, Brittany, where did you see the theme of bravery in these episodes? I saw bravery with Glenn. So his bravery is highlighted when he convinces Abraham to stay and help in exchange for agreeing that he and Maggie will go to Washington afterwards. So once Abraham realizes it's no longer safe for Eugene, he resorts to leaving Rick and his people behind. And I understand because he heartily believes in his mission and that it'll save the world. That in itself is brave too, of course. However, Glenn's bravery really helps Abraham to just acquiesce the idea of staying to fight Gareth and defend his new friends. Even though separating from the rest of the group may seem scary, Glenn knows that this is the right move in order to keep his friends safe. And I think about the people who choose to be part of the army, navy, any type of federal or military or security, and I think of how brave that is to travel far from your loved ones for sometimes an unknown amount of time. It's incredibly brave. 
sometimes you're given very scarce details of where you're going, how you're getting there, the agenda, and who you'll be with. My best friend's husband was deployed for nine months at one point, and the weeks before he left were filled with such uncertainty, ambivalence, and this mystification of what is going to happen. And we always talk about it, and I always tell her, I don't know how you did it because it's totally bewildering to me. We always talk about how it feels like a lifetime ago now that he's out of the army and they're back living in the Bay Area rather than a small town in New York. And in the moment, your actions of bravery can feel painfully slow and full of dismay because of the uncertain outcome. And I also wanna point out how brave it was of both her, my best friend, and Maggie for being such supportive faithful and selfless wives that they just agreed to join their husbands on these journeys. My friend had her own reservations, of course. She had to make a really big move across the country and leave her family behind too. However, at the end of the day, being together was worth it. And the ability to find security and a piece of home in another person is just such a beautiful sentiment to me. Mm -hmm. Anyway, many people join for different reasons, but I undoubtedly commend the choice to leave what's comfortable in order to safeguard a better future and society for a cause that's bigger than yourself. And I'm absolutely in awe. I do have problems with violence and I feel very conflicted about the army sometimes, but I can't deny their bravery, their strength, their struggle, and their power to endure. I see all the same angst and concerns with Maggie and Glenn's decision to go with Abraham, regardless if Rick and company will join them. And it's just, it's a beautiful gesture of faith, hope, reverence, and bravery. And where did you see bravery in these episodes, Diana? I saw it with Beth. There was bravery the whole time she was at the (laughs) hospital. The way she stands up to and handles Dawn, Gorman, and the doctor. She knows when to wait it out and when to speak up. She has come so far. She decides to escape with Noah and goes to look for the key and finds Joan's body on the floor who has just committed suicide. Gorman walks in and attempts to barter his silence for sex, but not before she knocks him on the head and leaves him for a reanimated Joan to eat. Then she climbs down an elevator shaft using tied together towels. (laughs) Really? If this were me, the towels would have come apart within five seconds and I would have fallen down many floors to the dead bodies down below and probably one of their bones would have stabbed me. (laughs) Then I would have been stuck and the walkers would have eaten me. Thankfully, this didn't happen to Beth. Both her and Noah made a run for the fence while fighting off walkers and only Noah makes it out. Beth is captured. Dawn asks her, who do you think you are? Beth says, he attacked me, referring to Gorman. Just like he attacked Joan and you let him get away with it. You let it happen. Dawn says, so we can make it. Beth says, no one is coming, Dawn. No one is coming. We are all going to die and you let this happen for nothing. Dawn slaps Beth 
FYI, Dawn needs anger management classes. Mm-hmm. So as the doctor stitches up Beth, she asks, how did you know he was a doctor? Referring to the patient that he told her to administer the wrong drugs to. That is why you made me kill him, right? Because if he lived, there would be another doctor and then Dawn wouldn't need you. I love that Beth called him out on this. He says, I didn't have a choice. Beth takes scissors to kill him, but not before she sees Carol gurneyed in and decides to wait. Beth has become so strong and so brave. She has really come into her own. We have talked about how this apocalypse reveals your true character. And for Beth, she is sweet, hopeful, brave, and resourceful. Brittany, where else did you see bravery in these episodes? I saw it in Bob. So he has bravery in facing death and just having faith. Mm -hmm. I also love that he has the last laugh in admitting to Gareth (laughs) that he's infected. I know. I like that. (laughs) That was a fun moment to watch. And I've recognized him for his positivity and character in the past. And I just want to reiterate it. That part of him doesn't wane as we would expect. His hope and faith is still intact, even though he knows he's dying. He tells Rick... Before the prison, I didn't know if there was any good people left. I didn't know if anyone was left. You took me in because you took people in. Even in light of current events, nightmares end. They shouldn't end who you are. And Bob magnifies the fact that life can be a total nightmare, (laughs) but the nightmares will eventually end. Because of this, we shouldn't leave behind the hopeful good parts that define us. And one of my favorite quotations that has been innumerably paraphrased from the Bible, from Isaiah 2, is, This too shall pass, which hasn't been proven wrong yet. Everything is temporary, no matter how long it lasts. Bob really illuminates this, and he tries to remind his friends that they will get through all of this, and they will be okay. Death is scary because it's something that warrants uncertainty and letting go of your expectations of what's going to happen, especially when you're young and you don't feel like it's your, air quotes, time, and air quotes, it's not your time yet, right? Bob's ability to stay hopeful and try to inspire those around him, even in his last moments, is so admirable and incredibly brave. Okay, Brittany, what other things did you notice? Well, I noticed that it is highly unrealistic that Gareth would have memorized all of their names by now and known who is who. Yeah, freaking right. (laughs) When did he learn their names? Just from watching them for a few days? Oh, please. It certainly wasn't a terminus. (laughs) I like, I just could not wrap my head around that. He said, oh, I watched all these people leave and I know that these certain people are here. What? I, okay, bad writing, because I know that was for serious effect, but I was like, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Anyway, that was just me being skeptical. But side note, Joan is played by Keisha Castle-Hughes, who plays Obara Sand in Game of Thrones. And I love the Sand sisters. They're <laughs> badass. I mean, I know they die, but oh, spoiler alert, they die. But, <laughs> but I liked seeing her. I just love like recognizing yeah, people. Yeah, it's fun. Okay, so I love my group a lot. 
but it was so hard to watch them brutally kill Gareth and his gang. After Gareth pleads for his life, Rick says, I already made you a promise, meaning killing him with the red hatchet. Now, I understood that part. I looked forward to that part and I felt satisfied with that part. But it didn't end there. Rick continued to swing the hatchet and Abraham and Sasha didn't let up on their people either. You see the shock in the faces of Glenn, Maggie, Tara, and Tyrese. And I actually appreciate that because the extent they go to is alarming and very primal and scary. I also appreciated Tyrese talking with Sasha beforehand and trying to get her to have forgiveness in her heart because he knows that anger and vengefulness can blind you from seeing what's in front of you. And he doesn't want her to miss out on being with Bob. So sweet. Also, I never understood this hospital full of cops. What <laughs> the hell is going on? Don is effing bizarre. The idea of working off what you owe, that's called slavery, Don. <laughs> It's called backwards-ass America, and it's embarrassing that you think it's chill, but okay. Take a seat, Dawn. Take several seats. This also reminds me of, like, mental health wards and how they're portrayed in films and TV shows like American Horror Story or Flying Over the Cuckoo's Nest and how, how much it could feel like a prison and you can't leave. And it's ironic that the prison that Beth and Rick were just at was more of a home, and this hospital feels like a prison. <laughs> Yikes. The first time around, I did not like Father Gabriel at all. I just didn't trust him. I didn't like him. I couldn't believe what he had done. But knowing where we are now, leading into season nine, and how far he has come, it goes to show you that people can change and redeem themselves. Mm -hmm. It takes him several seasons, but he eventually gets there. Okay, we are at our segment of why we love Rick. So, Brittany, why do you love Rick? I love that he truncates Gareth's pleas when Gareth is promising that Rick will never see him again and that he will leave them alone. I love that Rick says, but you'll cross someone's path. You do this to anyone, right? Which is so true. For me, this is exactly the reason why I speak up so much about the things I'm passionate about and firmly believe in. I know sometimes we all just hope there will be some sort of panacea and we won't have to worry about it in time, or maybe it's just not our problem, but that's not the world I live in, unfortunately. <laughs> I will fight for the injustices that I see by writing letters to our congressmen and women, by doing my research, and by speaking up whether it's on social media or in person. I'm not truculent, I'm not waiting to fight someone, but I am passionate about current affairs and that's why it really bothers me when people are so parochial when it comes to this. I don't shy away from politics because it's really important to me, even if certain issues do not affect me directly. One of my favorite poems, First They Came, by the German Lutheran pastor Martin Niemöller, poignantly encapsulates this idea and it says first they came for the communists and i did not speak out because i was not a communist then they came for the trade unionists and i did not speak out because i was not a trade unionist 
Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out, because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. I think it so clearly shows the issue of why problems can seem indiscernible until it has a direct link to you. So I love that Rick said that. Why do you love Rick, Diana? First want to say that's a nice poem. I like that. <laughs> I love Rick because he loves his people. He won't leave Carol or Daryl behind and wants to wait for them. He tells Abraham, Carol saved your life. We saved your life. Also, he is willing to go toe-to-toe with Abraham to keep that bus. Rick then talks with Tyrese and says, I never asked you how it was before you got to Terminus. Tyrese said it killed me. After a long pause, Rick says, no, it didn't. He cares about his people and he is doing everything he can to keep them together, to look after them and protect them. Okay, Brittany, what are you currently watching? So for TV shows, I watched the second and third episode of The Sinner. All I gotta say is Julian's mom is effing weird. This show gets so strange sometimes. I mean, I don't know, it kind of lost me for a little bit and I, the first episode is still my favorite. I also finished Dark, this German series, and I'd started it a long time ago and then forgot about it because of all the other shows we have to keep (laughs) up with. Like, I keep up with The Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, This Is Us, and then all of our summer shows like The Affair, Sharp Objects, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise. You get the picture. (laughs) Anyway, I can't remember if I brought the show up before, but it's Netflix's first original German series, and it's pretty addictive. It starts with the disappearance of this boy and there's a lot of similarities between his disappearance and the disappearance of a few children a couple of decades ago. So it has supernatural elements. It's clearly science fiction because it involves things like time travel. And the Verge article I read compared it to Twin Peaks, which I still have to watch. So if you liked that show, I highly recommend this one. Season two is coming in early 2019. I also started to watch a few episodes of I Am a Killer because I'm strangely but unabashedly invested in true crime for some reason. It's pretty wild. There are a ton of different people who are interviewed in the show and some of them are more unapologetic while others were clearly a product of their awful environments. But it's fascinating and I love docu-series like these because I do feel like they're so fruitful and I'm always learning. I also watched another Netflix stand-up comedy special, (laughs) Dimitri Martin, The Overthinker, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you, Netflix, for just letting me unwind with these funny people. (laughs) For movies, I watched The Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Society. So, Lily James from Cinderella, Glenn Powell from Scream Queens and Set It Up, Michelle Wiesman from Age of Adeline and Matthew Good from The Crown star in this. In 1946, Juliet, a writer from England, she goes to the island of Guernsey after Dossie, this man who found a copy of a book she had, um, she wrote her address on it. He writes to her and asks her for a copy of a different book. And this is because they start they started a book club essentially during the German occupation to avoid being arrested for meeting after curfew. So the film explores Juliet's need to write about something real and learning about the lives of these people and what they've been through. 
The last movie I watched was Perdida, and this is an Argentinian suspense film. It's based on the book Cornelia by Florence Echeves, and Pippa is still tormented over the disappearance of her best friend Cornelia, which happened years ago, but she's a police officer now and tries to look into Cornelia's disappearance once more. I tried to get into it, but I wasn't really sold by the actor's performances or the editing. It kind of seems sloppy, but I'm just very interested in foreign films, so that's what I watched. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what did you watch, Diana? So I watched Fear the Walking Dead, season four, episode nine, People Like Us. Okay, I enjoyed the episode. It had me laugh out loud several times. There is a storm brewing and you see walkers flying around and it is hysterical. They must have had so much fun making this episode just because of the storm. Morgan has decided he wants to go back to Virginia and Al is going with him, but he tries to convince the others to join him. When he's talking to Alicia, he tells her that he owes it to his friend, meaning Rick, to tell him he was right, that people would bring him back and that he belonged. He said he tried to make it so it wasn't true, but it was. He wants to tell his friend that he was right. I so love this. Not sure if Morgan will make it back anytime soon, since, like I said, a storm is brewing, and by the end of the episode, it doesn't look like anyone is going to make it very far. Another moment that had me laughing was when a walker enters the house with Strand and Luciana, and it's about to attack Luciana, and she's not even aware because she's listening to music with headphones on. And Strand wrestles it in the background to the ground, and it is so darn funny. It's so comical. It was a good episode. Then I watched Talking Dead on this episode, and the guests were Yvette Nicole Brown and Denai Garcia, and Lu who plays Luciana, and co-showrunner Ian B. Goldberg. What I love is that Yvette says what we as fans are thinking. She says, okay, Luciana, listen to your music, but turn around so you can see if a walker is coming. Then she says, when Strand and the walker wrestled in the background, that she laughed out loud too. They discuss that the storm is a metaphor for what everyone is experiencing inside. Alicia is on a mission in this episode trying to live up to her mother's memory. And they also discuss Morgan in trying to help Alicia so she doesn't end up like him. What I really loved was something Yvette said. She said, when you are without, do something for someone else. Be of service. It is what heals. This is why I like her so much. <laughs> of course, I'm watching So You Think You Can Dance. I just love the dancers and everything they do is so moving. It's been a really great show and I'm watching My Real Housewives. And I too watched The Sinner and it is kind of going on a little strangeness there, but um, I still like it. So I'm going to keep watching that. And then I did watch Better Call Saul and man, the writing is just so good on this show. <laughs> It really is. So I'm going to keep watching that. The only movie that I watched was Commuter. It's an action thriller with Liam Neeson and Vera Farmiga. 
I just love her. Mm. And I know Brittany loves her, too, from yes. Bates Motel <laughs> and everything else, but especially that. And Patrick Wilson and Letitia Wright had a small part in this. Mm. Um, it was a good movie. So much action. Fun to see Liam Neeson as an action star. Always rooting for him. It's not perfect, but I really enjoyed it. Okay, we are at our segment of And the Award Goes To. So, Brittany, what is your favorite quote, moment, or character? So, my favorite moment was when Father Gabriel is so conflicted, seeing the sacrilege that occurred, and says, this is the Lord's house. But Maggie says, no, it's just four walls and a roof. And I like this moment not because I agree with Maggie, but I appreciate that it magnifies the truth of us assigning meaning to absolutely everything. It's true, most buildings are comprised of walls, a foundation, windows, and a roof. However, we have assigned meaning to different kinds, right? We recognize the differences in our workplaces, schools, churches, grocery stores, movie theaters, home. Yes, there are certain aspects that circumscribe and define why these places are what they are, but I just love that it's a collective stipulation that creates not only the names, but the acknowledgments of these places. And I really find meta discussions fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) What was your favorite character quote or moment? I loved what Abraham wrote on the map to Rick. He wrote, sorry, I was an asshole. Come to Washington. The new world's gonna need Rick Grimes. So true. What I love is that they are tied together. They are both good people. They each have their own mission, but they plan to reunite. That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in, and we hope something we said today resonated with you and gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity, or inspiration. Please subscribe to our podcast and tell a friend. We would love more members of our TV club. Rate and review the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Constructive criticism appreciated. We'll be uploading new episodes every Tuesday. Next show will be on Season 5, Episodes 5 and 6. You can find our blog at the link listed in our show notes. See you next time. Bye.